Hello, it's Gabby here for you. Before we jump onto this week's podcast, I just want to let you know about two ways that you can work with me. First of all, I do one-to-one coaching and I do that via Zoom so we can jump on a Zoom call at a time to suit you. The second thing I've got for you is an online coaching course that's 12 modules that you can download straight away now. There will be a link somewhere around these podcast notes. And this is the course that I've designed and it's got everything in it that I wish I'd have known when I finished cancer treatment and I was lost. So you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Take care. Bye bye. Hello there, it's Gabby here from Confidence After Cancer and I hope this finds you well. This week's podcast, I've got a really special guest, a lovely um, French lady who is living in the UK. Her name is Florence, or Florence, I think she would pronounce it. She's got a beautiful lilting French accent. Um, We're going to meet Florence in a minute and she's going to explain to us about her journey and what has led her to create a brand new company that's helping women who have been through a similar experience to her. Florence Moon is the co-founder of Eno Eco, a sustainable brand of bras and swimwear for people with one breast who do not want to wear a prosthesis. Florence was diagnosed with stage 3 inflammatory breast cancer at 49 years old. Same as me, inflammatory breast cancer, um, very aggressive, um, not a very good prognosis, but she's here, she's alive and well, and she's happy to tell her story with us. Florence went through the roller coaster of treatment and, like me, she lost a breast in battle. During lockdown, she chose to live as a uniboober. At the time, she was faced with very little cho- choice of bras and swimwear to her flat-sided chest, but she didn't want to give up because removing her prosthesis gave her strength and courage to accept her body. It has had a huge positive impact on her mental health and helped her to move forward after cancer. That's when she realised there was a gap in the market for un- unilateral mastectomy bras and underwear and swimwear and decided to create Eno with her friend Marta. This female brand wants to empower single-breasted people with forward-thinking designs that perfectly fit and embellish the one-breasted chest. Eno wants to change the conversations around mastectomies, reconstruction and prosthesis. Like Florence, many people didn't even realise there was another choice rather than to replicate what they had once had in a society where two breasts are still symbolic of femininity and beauty. Their vision is to encourage self-acceptance and create a circle of Eno people who embrace their chest just the way it is. They know their work was affecting lives when they received Feedback like, thank you for validating my choice to accept and love my altered body and to provide a bra that fits and is lovely. Thank you for existing. And I am getting quite emotional reading this because mastectomy is quite an emotional subject. Um, It's a lighthearted podcast, but we are going to talk about um, mastectomy. We are going to talk about reconstruction surgery and the details of that. So it's not for the faint-hearted. but I'm hoping that this podcast will just um, help so many ladies that have been through a mastectomy. My personal experience, when I went through a mastectomy, I thought I would never survive it. I just thought it was the worst possible thing that could ever happen to me and I'd never get over it, but I did. 
I did. And, you know, I'm here to tell the tale. And it's not something I've chosen to go through. And I chose a very different path to Florence. I went for Dieppe flap um, reconstruction, which is basically the very clever surgeon made a, a new breast for me from my stomach um, tissue. And the results, it, it's okay. It's not how I was before. But for me, it, it was really important to have two breasts again. I thought that would help me feel normal again. And to be honest, it it was part of my story. It, it was never the same. Um, I'm glad I made that choice. That was my choice. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, you will know there is no judgment here. There's no right or wrong. You've just got to make the right decision for you. So it's a really interesting podcast. I hope you're going to enjoy listening to Florence when we meet her in a minute. She's a beautiful, really gifted lady who has taken her vision a step further and created a company and now she's reaching out to people like her that have been on a similar journey and she she's really genuine in her desire to help them so now we're going to meet Florence I've told you a little bit about her background but we're going to meet Florence good morning Florence how are you good morning Gabrielle I'm very well thank you great it's great to see you online and so um we're going to start I think with a best thing to start with is your story and how you've ended up doing the work that you do I think it was really interesting it was a really interesting for me to hear your story because I like you I had inflammatory breast cancer and at the time that's quite a lonely thing because you feel like it's, it's rare and it's aggressive and it's quite a scary place to be in but I think the more you share your story Florence um, the more it will help people so I'd love for you to tell in your own words your story how you've ended up doing the work that you do Okay, thank you. So, um, as you said, I was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer, and that was in 2017, so I was 49 at the time. And it was a total shock for me, because no one in my family had any kind of cancer below the age of 50. And, um, and I just thought that I was quite healthy and sick at the time. So, um, so this diagnosis was kind of devastating for me. And, um, and then I went through all the treatments that I'm sure you know, which means like chemotherapy and then clearance of the nodes, uh, a single mastectomy, and then radiotherapy and hormone therapy, which I'm still on at the moment. Um, so of course, my mental health was not good because you are just so scared of dying. And um, at first, you just focus on surviving. So I was just basically doing what the doctors were telling me to do. Um, and um, so I went through chemo. I went through all these treatments and the single mastectomy. I guess I took it quite well because I just wanted to save my life. So you know, because they said I should do that. I just did it. But things change when the treatment stops. So it's like, you know, it's taking about nine months for all the treatments to be completed, the first part of the treatment. And, um, and then you are just kind of left with yourself and you need to cope about with your new self in some ways. So my new self was someone who went through all these treatments, who felt kind of fragile and vulnerable. Um, I kind of lost my identity in some ways because I lost a breast, obviously, 
but as well because I was, I became a cancer patient, which was something very specific and vulnerable in some ways. I knew that I wasn't happy. My mental health was really bad, like a year after the single mastectomy and all the treatments. And basically, I was really ashamed of my chest. And, um, and I always thought I was going to have a reconstruction because, a reconstruction because I kind of didn't know anything about reconstruction. But when I went to see the surgeon, and this surgeon explained to me what was going to happen for me, and it was a big surgery, like eight hours, you know, long surgery, and not just one, many of them to be done properly. I just didn't want to go through more pain. So that was my first thought. I just could not bear the, 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 the thought of being again in pain and wait for recovery time. But as well, I think what really changed in me, and when I went to all this workshop, organized by the NHS, and I had an incredible kind of care from the NHS. It was just amazing. I just realized that actually I will never be the person that I was before cancer. And, and I think that's quite important because when you've got cancer, the only thing you want is to be like before and to put the cancer behind you. But actually, I realized that this brace, this breast that they were going to make for me, and they are doing amazing work, um, was never going to be the breast I had before. Never. Because first of all, I never realized before that you lose your nipple. You know, you cannot have your nipple back. So they were going to tattoo a new one. And so, so this realization that I was not going to be the person I was before made me think, why am I going to feel so much pain just to, to have this second breast, which actually is not my breast. But I also want to say here that everyone is so different. And that was my perception. But I know that for some people, reconstruction is great. And I totally understand that. But it was just not for me. So at the time, I thought I was doomed to wear a prosthetic breast, which is, you know, something you slide in your bra every morning and then take off every evening. And I think that's why I thought my mental health was so bad, because I thought I had only this option. And to me, in my mind, and again, it's very personal and it was just me, I thought I was kind of pretending to have two breasts, which means that I was ashamed of my body if I was pretending to have two breasts. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in the evening when I was taking my prosthesis away, I just felt really ashamed of my body and I didn't want to show it to anyone, which of course impacted my relationship with everything I was very close to. Everyone, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Florence, so much, so much of your story resonates with me. Can I just mm. ask, going back to when you were diagnosed, how old were you when you were diagnosed? 49. 49, okay. Mm. Yeah, mm. and yeah, I was, I was 44. And so um, I take it you've been through early menopause as well? Yes. So before treatment, I wasn't. But then suddenly, yeah. of course, that happened. And that was on top of everything else, really. <laughs> it was... Another gift. 
it was a big storm, wasn't it? It's like, you know, it was just one more thing, the sweating and the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really so much of what you've just talked about resonated with me because, you know, the emotional um, impact on your mental health of losing a breast. It's not just the body part, you know, as a woman, uh, so much of our identity since we've been teenagers has been caught up on the way we look, the way we are, the way we feel, the way we have relationships with people. Um, so, yeah, there's so much emotion. And the mental health thing was for me. I'm really interested in what you said as well about the NHS is fantastic. I'm not going to say anything bad about the NHS, but it's very different depending on which doctor you get. And so my doctor tried to persuade me to have an implant. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want an implant. You're taking the cancer away. Don't be putting plastic into my body now. I don't want that. And so I had the operation you descri described, the Dieppe flap. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had to fight for that. I had to do my own research. I spoke to lots and lots of people. And then I went back to my surgeon who refused to do it. And I had to change my doctor. I had to go to another hospital. And so, again, the mental anguish and the, the energy that I poured into so much going for this reconstruction, the Dieppe flap reconstruction that I thought would be the answer to my prayers would make me feel normal again. And like you say, yes, it's my own tissue. It's come from my stomach. It's not like a breast. It doesn't look the same. So we all have our journey to go through. And I, you know, I really applaud you for listening to your intuition of what was right for you. Because there's a saying, isn't there, that you should never make a big decision when you're stressed. Mm. Yeah, it, that's general rule for life. Don't make a big decision when you don't leave a job or don't move house. Don't do anything like that when you're stressed. And then you've got breast cancer, the most stressful time of your life, and you're fighting to stay alive. And then you've got all these decisions to make. How do you make the right decision for you? And it's such, no wonder it impacts on people's mental health. So I think you sharing your story is just wonderful. I'm sure it will help so many other women who are thinking there's something wrong with them because they are struggling with this big decision they've got to make. So you sharing your story and how you come to make the choice that you made is amazing. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your story on this podcast. In a way, I feel very lucky because I think I was extremely lucky with the care I received. So, mm -hmm. for example, for this reconstruction, I met the surgeon like two years or a year and a half after my single mastectomy. Yeah. So I guess I had time to process slightly what was happening to me. And I remember this surgeon who was quite tough but she was very good when she explained to me what what was going to happen to me I said as a joke because I felt kind of vulnerable okay we've got to do what we've got to do thinking that's what I had to do and she stopped me there straight away and she said no no one is telling you that you've got to do that it's your own decision and you need to think about it so it's not just me. I think I was lucky as well yeah. because I had people like that. And when she told me that, actually, it was little. When she told me that, I said, yeah, actually, she's right. I don't have to do it. And I decided yeah. against it. But no one ever forced me to have a reconstruction. Um, I didn't have any choices of reconstructions. It was only the one you are describing, part of yeah. your tummy. I didn't have, she didn't talk about the implant one. Ah, but um, yes, so I guess that helped me. But then when I decided against the reconstruction and thanks to the surgeon, I think, mm -hmm. then I was doomed to the prosthesis and my 
problem or my issue or my mental health wasn't resolved because I still felt really bad about myself and not in a good place, not in a yeah. good place. Yeah. And really the light bulb moment is when I listened to this podcast, a French podcast, which is called La Poudre, and this French journalist, Géraldine Dormois, was talking about her experience and her choice of living half flat. And that was just a light bulb moment for me. That's when I, I, I never thought of it before, but I could actually come out on the street with one breast. I always thought that I had to have two breasts. Um, but when I listened to this podcast, I just questioned really, why am I wearing a prosthesis? And I just removed the prosthesis on the same day at the same time as I was listening to this podcast. And I just felt so much better mentally straight away that I knew it was something good for me. That was the way I should go. And um, yeah, and then there is another journey, the fact that you've got to accept really yourself with one breast and going out with one breast. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the second part of my story in some ways. But the light bulb moment was really listening to this podcast. And that's why I think sharing my story or sharing our story uh, on pod podcasts like yours, it's super important because, as I said, it never crossed my mind before that I could not wear a prosthesis. Absolutely. And, you know, the power of connection, and we're very lucky in this day and age, we've got podcasts, we can connect in, in, in various ways online. People are not alone and people can speak to, and reach out to people like me, like you, that, that have walked this path before and can tell them their experiences. And it can be a very lonely time, as we know, when you finish cancer treatment, your friends and family I found all around me loved me, wanted me to be better, wanted me to be the, the person that I was before, but I wasn't. And no. it can feel really lonely. So I'm so happy that you're on my podcast. I'm getting quite emotional listening to your story because it's bringing back mm -hmm. feelings mm -hmm. for me of how I felt when my treatment finished. And it's not a nice place to be. Um, it's very difficult. And you, yeah, and I love that the way that you made that decision and it was an empowering decision for you because breast cancer can take so much away from you. And you do feel like you've lost your power for a while. And if you're lucky, like you have, you, you find your power again. And so I'm so happy you're sharing your story. Thank you, Florence. I think you are so right. You feel, you feel so vulnerable and like you lost your power. And it's like yeah. your identity is to be someone who had cancer or who is going through cancer. And, and in a way... I want to put that behind me yeah. because I went through the treatment. Now I want to concentrate more on accepting my body and be happy the way I am and be happy with what happened to me in the past. You know, it's a traumatic experience, so you've got to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, so... Yes, so what I was going to say, it wasn't that easy, of course, after I decided to remove the prosthesis. I felt much better. 
And I really think that it was the weight of shame who was lifting off my shoulder because I think before I was constantly ashamed of my body and I wanted to hide it behind these processes. But when I took control, it really empowered me, as you said. It just gave me so much power. It's like, in a way now, well, not in a way, for sure now, I'm proud of my body and I'm proud of showing in what happened to me. I don't know. It's like I'm not thinking anymore, oh, people are going to see that I've got one breast. Yeah. Uh, I'm not thinking that at all. But that doesn't mean as well that I'm going to throw my one-breasted chest in front of everyone. I want to feel still good in myself and pretty in my eyes. So I know that I will always look for clothes to wear or the colors or whatever, the, the same way as I was doing before, I guess, but with my one-breasted chest. Because for me, it's important that I feel good about myself. Absolutely. And yeah, so we talked on last week's podcast, I talked to um, Elaine Blinder about body confidence and that's her thing. Not She doesn't particularly work with cancer patients, but I know for cancer patients, body confidence is a huge issue. And um, the women that I speak to, it's the thing that comes up more than anything else is not feeling confident about themselves, not feeling like a woman, not taking pleasure in their appearance anymore. But it's about, it starts with you and I think how you feel about yourself and it's that mindset changes that you went from being, if you like, a victim for being a cancer patient, for being somebody that people feel sorry for, to actually taking your power back to say, no, I'm, I'm a confident woman. I've been through that now. I'm putting it in its place behind me and it's not going to stop me living the life that I want to live. This is what I'm hearing from you. It, it's so true what you are saying and it's exactly what I think is start with how you feel about yourself. And actually, I think that radiate outside, you know, that's the way you present to others at the end. But I know it's not easy to feel like that, but it is definitely possible. So after I decided to go one boob, I went on the internet and I wanted to buy a bra or a swimwear thinking naively that existed. I don't know, I, I just didn't think about it. And of course, I could not find anything. Uh, so that's why I decided to create my own designs. And um, so I called my friend Marta, who is very good at sewing. And she made this prototype for me, a bikini prototype, which looks a little bit like the one we are making now. And when I wore this prototype, I just felt so good. It was before the summer, so summer 2020, in my garden, because we are yeah, yeah. kind of locked down. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so nobody to see you, but you felt good. Yeah. True. But, but I felt really good. You know, what I was seeing in the mirror, I just loved it. So that's when I knew that something was really missing for women who went through the same thing as me. And, um, and what I want to say, it's, after I had the single mastectomy, I had also great care from the Macmillan nurses. You know, they gave me so much information about different reconstructions, about different processes, about different post-mastectomy bra. They really helped me, but they didn't give me any information about accept accepting my body the way it was with one breast. Because it's just not available at the moment. 
it's just like post-mastectomy bra with the prosthesis or reconstruction. But you cannot try on a bra with one flat side. And I think that's really missing because at this time, I might not have chosen this bra because it was kind of too bold for me with one flat side, but I would have seen this image of myself in the mirror, which maybe I would have liked. And I'm sure that would have been very helpful for my mental health to know mm -hmm. that I had this option. You yeah. see, to just to know that you've got this option to yeah. look good and feel good with one breast, it's super important. And then you mm -hmm. choose whatever is best for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right. And thinking back, that was how my treatment went. Uh, you get the information. I had Macmillan nurses as well. Fantastic. But it was, oh, you're going to have a mastectomy. So we'll fit you up for prosthesis. There you go. You've had your operation. Here's your prosthesis. You want to get in now. And it was, yeah, that's what everybody does. And it wasn't mm. as if I had a choice. Yeah. No, because I think it's not accepted in our society yet. Even if we are changing a lot, it's still women have to have two breasts. And, and as you said at the beginning, it defines us so much as, you know, a maternal figure, like breastfeeding our baby or not, and as a sexual figure as well. You know, it's the first thing you can see in a young girl. Um, so, yeah, we've got to battle for it. Yeah, <laughs> we can be exactly. women with exactly. one breast. <laughs> exactly. And I know since you've had you've had um, some exposure in the national press last week in the UK, which is great. And I know you're telling me people are reaching out to you. So you know that there are people who are feeling like you felt, but had nobody to talk to, who probably like you were looking for, you know, where can I find things that I can wear? Where how do I move forward in this in this uniboob world? And there's nothing out there for them but then you are here with your new business and you are you are shining the light on that if you like you are there for people so that's absolutely amazing I mm. love the work that you're doing I love that you're sharing your story thank you so much for your honesty and talking about how you felt it's not just yeah there's so many emotions that go on with a breast cancer diagnosis and the surgery and the treatment and the mental health issues sometimes can stop people moving forward in life and I think that's why I'm here that's why you're here is to help other people who just need a, somebody's hand to hold to say, come on, I've, I've walked this path. I can share my story. I can tell you what I know. We're all different. Nobody's here to tell you what to do. Mm. Nobody's here to judge you. That's really important. But whatever you feel is right for you is right for you. So own it. And you, you were owning it beautifully, Florence. So thank you so much for sharing your story. It's amazing. Mm. So how can people find out more about your business? So, um, so first of all, it's called Eno, E-N-O, which is the number one written backwards. Ah, <laughs> so that's, that's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, we've got a website and we've got a Facebook page and an Instagram page. <clears throat> and just if I've got time to tell you a little bit about it, it's um, when we were talking about feeling good about ourselves. It's, I remember that when I tried the post mastectomy bra, there was something that I, I really didn't like about it because they were very bulky and they were, they were very covering because when you slide a prosthesis, you know, sometimes your chest is very much covered so you cannot see the prosthesis. So yeah. that's why 
I wanted to create something with Eno which was comfortable, but as well light, and that doesn't look like a post-mastectomy bra. Um, and I think that's really what we achieved because I know that it took us a very long time, first of all, to find this design because we had to think about if you've got one pressed, the pressure on the fabric is different. So things are shifting one way if you've just got one breast, obviously. So we had to think about all of that. But with the design we found, I think, really kind of um, embellish the one-breasted chest Meaning that when you see someone wearing Eno, so when I look at myself, the first thing you notice, it's not the fact that I've got one breast because the whole thing looks good. And then if people want to notice that, that's fine. But what I mean, it's, it's the whole design, I think, looks really good of a one, on a one-breasted chest. And as I said, it's light and comfortable and chic, and I just love it. And the first time I wore it, so we were working with someone amazing in Merton uh, who is called Fuad, and it's this gentleman who really helped us to design Eno. And the first time I tried on the, the stuff he made, I just felt so good about it. So I knew it was the right design, which is different than the one Marta did. Because the bikini, if you go on our website, it's the only design which actually hides the flat side because there is a frill on the flat side. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the other design do not hide the flat side. But it's just the way the fabric is wrapped around your chest, which looks really good. More so fun. that's why, you know, when we were talking about feeling good and feeling yeah. pretty. And um, so that's what I wanted to achieve with you know that women feel good about themselves when they wear you know or bra or swimwear they feel wow I'm happy with what I see in the mirror yeah absolutely I love that because again breast cancer takes so much away from you yes. and it might sound like a really trivial thing but it did upset me that it took away from me the beautiful underwear that I used to wear I couldn't wear that anymore and when I got post-surgery underwear it's, it's, it's horrible it's like very yeah bulky and very you almost like a uniform it's nothing feminine or pretty or feel good about it it was very practical is probably the word mm. um, so I love that you're doing things that are not practical they are beautiful they're made to make women feel good to feel mm. confident and that's amazing yes that's and we've got very few products because we are new but if mm. it's working because I know that our range is very simple and maybe that's not for everyone. But um, yeah, I've got so many ideas of, you know, fabric to use and, um, and other design to do. And if it's working, that's what we will do, obviously. That's brilliant. And, and you just, I'm thinking as you're talking now, I've been to um, fashion evenings that um, I think breast cancer, one of the breast cancer charities does. I don't want to say the wrong name. And that was at John Lewis near me in the Trafford Centre. And they did like a fashion parade of all these post-mastectomy bras. But wouldn't it be great if we could have your range in a fashion show like that for people to yes. see? Yeah, as yeah. part of that, you've got one You've got one option. You've got these that you can put your prosthesis in. Or you've got this option. Yeah. If you want to be a uni-boo, this is your alternative. Yeah. So oh, I wish you all the success in the world. I think, yeah, you. what you're doing is wonderful. Well done, Florence. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. 
No, it's great to talk to you. you. So I'm going to put the notes below um, the podcast, whether you're watching this or listening to this, you'll be able to find all the links that we're going to talk about to Florence's website, to Eno, but also your social media links. So what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, Florence? If your story has touched them and they want to reach out to you, how can people get in touch with you? We are very present on our Facebook page, Instagram page, and by email as well, uh, which is hello at eno.eco. But everything is in our website, so you will, you will find all the information. Great stuff. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. I really want to keep in touch with you and watch, hopefully watch your business flourish and grow. And as I say, I think it's such a, a much needed thing. And it's amazing that nobody's thought of this before. But well mm. done you. Yeah, mm. well done you. You're an absolute pioneer. Absolutely beautiful to speak to you. Thank you so much and have a brilliant day. Thank you, Florence. hope you enjoyed that um, podcast recording as much as I did I got so much from talking to Florence um, it was really beautiful for me to connect with a, another inflammatory breast cancer survivor um, we've both been through quite a difficult journey as you know and it's great to speak to somebody who shared the same experience I just want to sum up really by the key messages that I got from the podcast today because there were so many um, and first of all as I always say there's no judgment here um, we all had to make the right choice for us and the other thing to, to bear in mind you know neither of us are doctors we're not advocating uh, medical advice we're here to inform and entertain and share our experiences Florence touched on mental health issues following her diagnosis and again this is something we're speaking about more and more um, in society in general, but also following a breast cancer diagnosis, mental health issues are affecting so many people. And the first thing I'd want to say to anybody who's struggling is, you're not alone. Please reach out and speak to somebody. Um, unfortunately, it's affecting so many people that I know. And I just want to say, following a, a breast cancer diagnosis, um, quite often, Florence articulated this beautifully in her beautiful French accent. So I'll try to sum up what she said. She said about how she was scared of dying. And initially, she just listened to her doctors and followed what they said to the letter. Um, but then she had a bit of a shift and she decided she wanted to thrive. It wasn't enough for her just to survive. And that's how I feel as well. We all want to live the best life that we can. There's no point living a long life if it's not a healthy and happy life. So let's see what we can do about that. She talked about how she felt bad, but she had a light bulb moment when she listened to a podcast. And that gave me a little bit of a shiver because, you know, I started my podcast this year with the intention of giving some people maybe a light bulb moment to think they're not alone. There's a different way of looking at things and whatever you want to do that's right for you, you can find that support. Florence realized that she had choices and she could become a proud one boobed woman and that's the choice that she made and you can tell by listening to her by looking at her she's absolutely so comfortable with that choice that she's made and so anybody that's listening to this that maybe feels like they feel like that but is that really what you can do my darling I'm here to tell you you can do anything you want to do you need to do what's right for you she talked about how when she had a prosthesis it didn't feel good and I know a lot of people struggle with this but it's one of those things. It's, it's almost as well. It's like wearing a wig. It's something that people sometimes suffer in silence with. And what's the phrase? It's quiet desperation. It's just, well, I best get on with it and I should be grateful. 
and I should just move forward. But Florence has shown you that you can take that to another level if you make an empowering decision. And I think I'm really into that. It's about making choices, making choices that are right for you can be such an empowering thing to do. And sometimes if we're in fear, we can feel paralyzed and not able to make choices. But you've always got choices. And sometimes the struggle or the thing to do is to just quiet your chattering mind just so you can sit down and sit with the choice or the decision that you need to make and listen to your intuition. Trust your gut. I always say that. You know what you need to do. You know what's best for you. Florence also talked about loss of identity, and I think that's huge for breast cancer survivors. And a lot of us go from being quite capable, independent, strong women into being a shell of a woman, if you like, into being a victim, into being a cancer patient. But she wanted to put that behind her. And I love the way that she's she's gone about that. She talked about how she had to accept her body. And I talked to Belinda Warburton in a previous podcast about body confidence. And Belinda talked about the different stages of getting to body confidence. But it starts with acceptance. You know, you can't get to love your body if you don't accept it in the first place. Once you can accept it, you can build on that and work up towards body confidence, work up towards building uh, love for yourself and love for your body. Um, I love, again, uh, Florence's story. She couldn't find what she wanted, so she just went out there and created her own. How amazing is that? Very brave, very inspirational. Absolutely love her work. I'm hoping to see her business go from strength to strength. But the one thing that I want to finish with is she talked about once she made that decision, she decided she was going to leave shame behind her. And that might be quite some difficult for some people to understand. Why would you feel ashamed about wearing a prosthesis? But that was real. That was her reality. That was how she felt. And so my last thought for you, if you're listening to this or watching this, thank you. But what do you want to leave behind? Just sit with that for a moment. Think about what's working in your life and maybe what's not working. What do you want to leave behind? If you want to move forward in life, sometimes you have to let some stuff go. And if you're struggling with that, I'm here for you. Reach out to me. You know I'd love to hear from you. If this podcast has touched you or helped you in any way, I'd absolutely be so grateful if you could give it a like or give it a review or give it a share. It would mean the world to me. It would mean that me and Florence can reach more people. We can help more people, which is what we're here for. So thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week, whatever you're doing, my darling. Thank you so much. Speak soon. Stay safe. Stay sane. Bye-bye.